0: All right, <clears throat> we're gonna have a lot, a lot of fun. Let's pray. So, Pastor Jack C already said, my name is Vincent, and uh, let's pray. Um, one of the things I'll confess before I pray is that when I come up, I have a whole bunch of stuff on the inside of me, and I get tempted to get in a rush. Or I get tempted to start preaching on something that I'm excited about, but I know that the Holy Ghost is saying, no, move along, I, ah, ah, on because there's something else down the line we got to get to. So my commitment to Him is to rest, one, and to do my best to follow Him. Amen? Now, He already said we want to be soul winners. Uh, let's pray. You know, Right before we came tonight, we have a two-year-old son, and he's so awesome. And our daughter and our son, they're, they're both awesome, but they're—it's anyone who's had at least two kids, you know it's so interesting to see that each one has their own personality, and it's hard to e- explain the personality exactly, but it's so unique. And my daughter and my son are different in how they receive discipline, and my son, what were you trying to do? trying to get him dressed, (laughs) and he didn't want it, and she said, are we going to do this the easy way or the hard way? All right, the hard way, and she's going at him, and she's always, she's like, tell him, tell him to obey me. So I said, boobie, obey mommy. Okay? Okay. There's something about him in particular my daughter's different. She would say okay and she'd do it. Him, there's something in him that I know if he says okay, it's done. But he has this will that is good. It's good to have a, a strong will. And I don't want to break that. I respect that he wants to be the one to make the decision, but I also know that I'm the one in charge. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I don't force it, but I'm gonna wait. Because he's gonna decide to obey. And it's just the okay. And I know it's I don't know how, but as soon as he says okay, it's done. It's like he's free from that that temptation to rebel and it's gonna be all right. Why'd I say that? God wants to flow through us. Amen. And we have fears, we have inhibitions. We have insecurities that want to try and stop us. Is anybody listening? All he needs is your okay. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He doesn't need you just make a decision tonight. It's inside of you, right. Amen. I want to be a bl- ah, come on now. I want to be a blessing in the earth. That's inside of every single Christian. But then we got other stuff trying to. Trying to not agree because we're afraid to agree. But if we'll just agree, he'll kick in. Amen? So let's just say okay to God today. Father, we say okay. We love you. We want to be a blessing in the earth. And we say okay, God, flow through us. We ask you to flow through us, Lord. We ask you to flow through this body. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give this time to you. We open up our hearts to you. We open up our minds and our everything to you. We are alert. We are open. Speak to us tonight. Give us clear unction, clear utterance to boldly make known the mysteries of Christ. And touch every single person. May every single person experience grace tonight, empowerment tonight that that causes us to be different, freedom tonight. And I thank you that you know exactly what each one knows. And Lord, as a body... We're asking you for this. As a body, we're agreeing with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you agree, say, I agree. agree. Let it be. be. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, you can give yourselves a hand clap. That was good. Okay. You may be seated. I'm going to start with a short video. Now, this is really fun is now he now work with Jonathan, and so I know that he doesn't like me messing up the order of stuff, but I have to do it anyway. I apologize, Jonathan. Let's play that video. I said, glory be to Jesus. I said, hallelujah to God, hallelujah.
1: And we're going into a higher level of it in 2019 and it's it's roaring and, and going headlong into 2020. And 2020 is a very, very special time. What about this 2019? How can the marvel And the wondrous works take place. What brings these wonderful works and miracles? What causes these things to be manifest? first of all, there must be a higher order of prayer coming forth out of the family. Intercession, petition and supplication for the lost. much prayer, much calling forth, much calling things that be not as though they were. Praying for the lost. Reaching into the heart of God and asking him for the nation. 2019 must be a year of great intercession and witnessing outside the walls of the church building.. I'll do signs and wonders. I'll do these marvelous works, saith the Lord. If you'll take me to the center, if you'll take me to the streets, give me an opportunity to reveal myself. You keep ringing the dinner bell of healing and I'll draw the people. This building and other church buildings won't hold the people. But you can't just sit here inside this place and beg for miracles. I'm going to require you, saith the Lord, to walk by faith. I'm going to require you to get healed on your own faith. Most of the people in my ministry, saith the Lord, most of them got healed on their own faith. Be it done unto you as you have believed. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. I'm requiring more of those of you, older children in the family. I'm requiring more of you because you're older, it's time for you to help with the babies. You,
0: sir.
1: It's time for you to see to it that the babies get an opportunity to know me, saith the Lord. Yes, sir. I'll require it. But you will be rewarded beyond your wildest dream because you'll see miracles under your own hand you'll see things happen that you've only dreamed about happening because the time has come. And just the way the great healing revival hit this earth in 1948, 49, 50. And it was so easy because the miracles were happening in the streets and they were happening in tents and they were happening all over this United States. Well, those days are here again. It's time for it. It's time. If you'll get out there where the people are, you'll be shocked at how easy the miracles will come and how easy they will flow. And people that have no idea about me or anything about my word will come running to those of you that will spend time. In intercessory prayer. I'm not talking about hours and hours. I'm talking about minutes a day. I'm talking about just give me time. Just give me part of your morning. Just give me part of your evening and pray in the Spirit and intercede for the lost. And I'll see to it, saith the Lord, that 2019. Is the most startling year of your life.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Say thank you, Lord. Lord. Say thank you, Lord. So, if you can put up the first slide. So, let me introduce us. We are the Jesus Tours. Now, the Jesus Tours is the outreach arm of West Houston Christian Center. That's who we are. And tonight is, next slide, and what? Equipping night. Now, We already prayed about this, but I'm just kind of introducing it. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says that he gave certain gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And I was listening to somebody today. I listened to a whole bunch of people, so somebody said this. (laughs) It was Keith Moore. He said, The fivefold are here to equip come on now. No, it was banning The fivefold are here to equip me, not do it for me. I'm going to say it again. The fivefold are here to equip me, not to do the work for me. Every single born-again believer is supposed to be involved in spreading the gospel. Amen. Amen. I'll say it again and make sure I get some more okays out there. Every single part of the body of Christ is supposed to be involved in touching the world with the good news of Jesus, amen? So it's not supposed to be the pastor doing it for me, the evangelist, come on, are you listening to me? It's not the evangelist that's supposed to go do it for me. I'm supposed to have something to do with it. And every single Christian knows that on the inside of them, amen? So this is an equipping night, it's a time... Where, See, this is what happens when someone preaches the word of God. There's equipping going on. And it's spiritual equipping. It's different from natural equipping like a natural soldier. Are you listening? Are you listening or not? Where is armor on the outside? This armor becomes a part of you. I don't know how else to explain it. It's but it's like it's like coming out of you. It's not just shoes on your feet. It's shoes in your feet that cause you. That see, if they were just on my feet, then I'd still have to be the one doing it. I'd be the one doing it in my strength. But when the shoes, when my when the shoes, oh Lord have mercy, when the shoes are in my feet woo, woo, it's like I got, woo, I got something else empowering me. So the equipping of God actually comes, it comes upon you, but it's coming out of you, and it empowers you. Praise God. So that's the purpose of these nights. And specifically, um, we're obviously dealing with reaching the lost, spreading the gospel outside the walls of the church. So let me skip the next one. Don't look at it yet. But uh, go right after Kenneth. Let's review a couple things that Kenneth said. Whoa, I hope you don't see that picture. Okay, good. 2019, if you find that one. 2019 must. So uh, that was a service, Kenneth Copeland, New Year's Eve last year, uh, spoke those words prophetically and just review a couple things that he said this is how you live a prophetic life, is you actually do what God is saying to be doing. Right. A prophetic life isn't walking around prophesying. Oh, Lord, have mercy. A prophetic life is hearing what God is saying, and you're doing what God is telling you to do right now. You're, 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 you're cooperating with what God is doing right now. That's the people in Hebrews 11, every single one of them heard what God was doing in their moment, in their generation, and they, are you listening or not? Yeah. They cooperated with what God was doing and did great acts. Amen. 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 But it involves doing. Uh, I wrote this on Facebook today, and I heard it. Keith Moore said, I didn't write anywhere, he said, um... At some point, you got to stop talking about it and go do something about it. So, 2019 must be a year of great intercession and witnessing outside the walls of the church building. Jesus was the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Amen? And so, you see Jesus in the synagogue. Teaching. Amen. You see him discipling people one on one, and then you see him out in the fields preaching to the multitudes. Praise God. So he's there's more than one thing going on. Amen. And this year we need to be doing some witnessing outside the walls of the church. Amen? And intercession. And he touched on at the last second. You know, sometimes, I'll say sometimes, if you've never fallen for this lie, then you're a marvel, I think. (laughs) But God prompts you to pray, and then the devil says, you don't have an hour to pray. Hold on, did God say to pray for an hour? So what is the devil talking about? He doesn't even have any business. But instead of listening to God say pray, we listen to the devil say, you don't have an hour but I have a minute. What does the devil have with that? He doesn't have anything to say to that. I have a minute. And God says, yeah, you have a minute. Let's do it. In that one minute, so much can happen, but the devil steals so many things by trying to say, but you don't got a whole day to fast. You don't got an hour to pray. You can't even pray an hour if you wanted to. And you got to say, whoop it doo to you. I'm going to sit down here for 50 seconds, and I'm going to pray, and it's going to change the world. Amen. Like so we've been praying for a move of God, amen, and it's not just us. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people praying for a move of God. Praise God, and a uh, quick example, I shared this last time, if you're in our last meeting, uh... But Jessica and I, we were fasting, and our daughter knew we were fasting, so she's like, oh, okay. And then she says, okay, excuse me, I'm going to go into my room. I'm going to be fasting and praying, probably for about four minutes. And I said, man, that is powerful. That is exactly right. Is anybody listening? Hallelujah. All right, next slide. I'll do these marvelous works. This is saith the Lord. This is God. I'll do it if you'll take me to the sinner, if you'll take me to the streets. Next, give me an opportunity to reveal myself, and I'll draw the people. <clears throat> I don't know about you. I fell in love with Jesus when I saw him. That takes a revelation. You can't just sit here inside this place and beg for miracles. If that doesn't convict anybody, then, then that means that's all right. If you'll get out where the people are, another if, you'll be shocked at how easy the miracles will come and how easy they will flow. Amen? 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 You know, uh, you've heard this many times. Peter walked on the water. (laughs) Why did none of the others walk on water? Because none of the others ones stepped out on the water. There's no telling that they couldn't all walked. I'll just leave it at that for now. I asked my wife to share her heart for a few minutes uh, on just whatever her art is, for evangelism, souls.
2: Amen. As Vincent was speaking, I was reminded of a time um, when I first started inner city ministry, and it was here in Houston, Texas, and me and Vincent were not married at the time. We were not courting. We were not interested in each other, but we were out on the streets, and there was a guy there, and he just was It was an older guy, he's probably in his 30s, and he was saying, ah, like just screaming, because his tooth needed to be pulled. There was something wrong with his tooth, and he was in a ton of pain. And I didn't know too much about healing. I knew that God could heal you, but I didn't know the word on healing yet. But I knew that God was the healer, if that makes sense. I hadn't been taught all the way. But Vincent knew that God heals every time. And he told me, he said, okay, Jessica, you put your hand on his, uh, ch- his um, jaw right there and you pray for him. And I was like okay. So I just did what the person in authority told me to do. I put my hand and I just prayed a very simple prayer. I wasn't screaming at him. I wasn't speaking in tongues over him. I just prayed that in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then the guy goes, it's gone. It's gone. The pain is gone. And like, he was literally like running around saying, it's gone. Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me. But why? Why? It's because I simply obeyed at that point what Vincent had told me because I wasn't, I could hear from God, but I wasn't as trained in it as I was before. But God used Vincent to show me the obedience when we just step out in obedience. And that's what Ken Copeland was saying. The miracles will flow. The miracles will come. Amen. And so I just want to share just a little bit, probably just about five minutes. Vincent had asked me to share Uh, my heart for evangelism, and my heart for outreach. I was saved um, when I was 16 years old, and I was in high school, and people were talking about a church camp, telling me, uh, you're going to go, people go, and they get saved, they get saved. I had no idea what they were talking about, but I said, hmm, I want to get saved. Let me go, and I still didn't know, and so I went, And I heard about Jesus for the first time in my life, what he had actually done for me, that he died for me, forgiveness of my sins, and that he would be my Lord and my Savior. And I believed and I received, and I went up to Uh, receive him at the altar. And the first words that came out of my mouth after that happened were, I just want to tell the whole world about Jesus. And it was my spirit speaking. I just want to tell the whole world about Jesus. And I don't know if it's Kenneth Copeland or who says it, but you're the prophet of your own life. I was already prophesying over my life. I want to tell the whole world about Jesus. And if you will just think about when you were saved, the place you you were the what was going on in your life and what happened at the moment you were saved you know deep down inside you knew the people you all you wanted were the people around you to be saved maybe you didn't have a mom that was saved maybe you didn't have a brother that was saved maybe the stranger down the street you knew needed to be saved amen and so it changed my life forever and it's a process and I just have a couple quotes that God had in, given to me. And I guess me and my husband have been listening to the same person because they're from Keith Moore. And he was saying, that, he said this about two weeks ago. He said, for a believer, and it's very simple, but it just touched my heart and I keep meditating on it. it said, he said, for a believer, this is the worst it's going to get, this world right now. For the unbeliever, it's, it's the best it's going to get. And I said, wow. I'm going to read it just one more time. For a believer, this is the worst it's going to get. For the unbeliever, it is the best it's going to get. So for the unbeliever, what's the other option? Obviously, if they die, it's going to be hell. And so whatever and we see, we want to say we see uh, hell on earth, but we have no idea really what hell is going to be like, really, really. And so to think about that, I mean, in the scripture, you can read a Revelation 21." one through A, and it talks about the new heavens and the new earth, but then it also talks about where the people who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it talks about hell being separated from God. And then he also said, and he said this long ago, uh, it's Keith Moore, it's a quote from him, it says, this life is the shortest thing we will ever do, this life compared to eternity is the shortest thing we will ever do. And James 4 verse 14 says, compares our life to a vapor. We're we're here one minute and then we're gone the next. It seems like a long time, but it's the shortest thing that we will ever do. So what are we going to do with this little bit of time that we have on this earth? Amen. Amen. And then it's, uh, I wrote this down too, let me just see. Okay, I wrote, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to awaken us to see the urgency, the vital importance of sharing the gospel, getting the gospel out. We have to be awake to it. I heard Christine Kane, she works with, um, uh human trafficking. And she said this, it's part of her testimony. She says, you have to see people, just not look at them. She had seen a, a poster of a child in an airport, I believe in London, that had been trafficked. And she saw people walk by it, walk by it like nothing. And then she stopped and looked at it, she didn't just see it. She stopped to look. And when we stop to actually look at people, the love of God is going to come up on the inside of us. Because she said, when you stop and actually look at people's condition, you're going to be compelled to do something. Because Jesus is on the inside of us. And, he, and when what did he say? He looked at them, and they were as sheep without the shepherd, right? What happened? Compassion moved him to do something about it. So the people you're around, maybe you're not a fightful minister, but you do have a work of the evangelist. The people that you see at Walmart, the people that you see at the bus, the people that you see at a restaurant, do you, are you just seeing them or are you looking at them? Are you looking at them as a soul that's either going to heaven or going to earth? And it's one thing to get feelings about it and get excited about it, but it's one thing to actually do something about it. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to allow us to continue to be stirred about it. So I'm just gonna say again, you have to see people Just not look at them. When you see, you are completely moved to do something. And the last thing I'm just going to share is there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. Life with God, life in the blessing of God, life without the blessing of God— this is real, this is reality. And we go, and there's people going to church all the time and they know, you know, I'm saved and that's good and that's wonderful, but th- it's reality. This isn't it, there's heaven and there's hell and there's people that need to be statched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and those people are around you. Jesus isn't here right now in the flesh. Jesus is on the inside of you. They don't see Jesus in the flesh unless they have a vision or why not? I'm not denying that that can't happen but they see you, your Jesus made in the flesh to the people next to you. He's expecting you to allow him to move through you, amen? He can't, he needs you to do something. Therefore, I myself, I'm purposeful, on purpose, allowing God to be big in me and through me so that others may be saved. They must be born again, not my words, Jesus' words. You must be born again. Amen? Amen? And so let's just remember what reality really is and what Jesus, how he really sees people, not just looks at them. Amen? Amen.
0: Thank, you. Thank you, honey. Amen. Amen. Uh, many of us Let's find Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. This is good, man. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Come on now. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Probably every, most people have heard this. <clears throat> and if you haven't, then it's good. I didn't grow up with a dad, and so that affected how I see God. Whether you, whether you understand that or not, it affects how you see God. Amen? Your parents represent God. And so whether you consciously understand that or not, there's something in you that equates that and then, Lord, is anybody listening? Then then determines its value based on how my parents valued me. And then, so when you find that out, then you have to have your mind renewed and all that, and like, my dad was this, or my mom was this, and and I'm thankful for them, but God, you you love me on a higher level. Follow me here for a minute. She just said, unless a, a very rare thing happens and Jesus appears in the flesh to somebody, when they see you something in them is equating you to Jesus. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Even though it's not in the Bible that Jesus is bad or ugly, their unrenewed mind doesn't know the difference. They think this is what Jesus is like. Even though mentally everybody knows Jesus is this wonderful thing, just like everybody knows God is good, but that doesn't change the fact that I think he hates me because my dad hated me. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? That's a powerful thing, what she just said. So it's a sobering thing too, because that means I want to look, I want to be a good representation of Jesus. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter nine, verse 38. At the beginning of the year, we had a meeting with all the pastors, and we we're kind of sharing with each other what God was saying. And almost everyone in the room, or a lot, came back to this verse, Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. I have a slide if you want to put it up. I'll start in verse 36. It says, when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, if you go back to verse 35, it said Jesus was going all throughout the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Amen. See, I'm going to shout so loud, but I'm kind. I, 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 yeah, I'll go ahead and shout if I want to shout. Um, it, was, it wasn't enough. It's not me talking. Jesus is talking. He was going around preaching, teaching, healing, casting out devils one after another and after another, and then he looked up, and there's so many more. And he's on his way over there, and now who's going to take care of all these people? And he's saying, I can't do this on my own. But he looked out and I see this all the time now, but when, as we especially saw it when we were in the jail. Jessica can attest to it. We'd have crowds. We'd do big church services for the people in the jail. And I'd look out, and this is what I saw. I saw people that were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Other verses, uh, my cross-reference says they were harassed. Anybody else have other words? Weary, scat, distressed, harassed, just someone who never had a shepherd. And the heart of God said this, pray, he said the harvest is plentiful. Now, when Jesus looked out and saw some messed up person, he saw Harvest. He didn't say sinner. He said, whoa, look at that. That's like a, what do they say, ripe plum off the tree? I don't know. Is that what they say? (laughs) Something like that. He said that thing is just plop ready to be harvested if someone would just go over there. But what's our carnal tendency? Messed up person, needs to get a job, what a loser, lost, done for. Helpless. Let's just get the heart of God for it. Amen? Jesus is saying right now, today, if we want to live prophetically, we need to be listening to what he's saying. Jesus is looking out at the world and he's saying, I see lots of people hurting, harassed, distressed, scattered, like sheep without a shepherd. They don't know how to honor police officers, let alone their parents, let alone pastors, let alone the government. They have, they've never been correctly trained, taken care of. That's why they're so messed up. I need somebody to go help them. So Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. Is anybody listening? Christian TV needs to see. It's easy to say the world is messed up. That the world knows that. Ah. I'll tell you something else I heard today. Francis Chan said, if unbelievers could do the same thing that we're doing, it's not enough. Unbelievers know how to look at the world and say, man, this world is messed up. There needs no revelation to come up with that phrase. Anybody agree? It takes a revelation to say, man, look at that. The harvest is plentiful, but God has a a heartburn. He says... The laborers are few. Remember, if I could just get my son to say, okay, it's done. He'll have the grace there to obey. Anyone say, okay, Lord. Like Isaiah said, okay, Lord. Send me, Lord. Don't look at your inhibitions. Don't look at your feelings. Just say, okay, God. However it's going to just do it, Lord. Yes, of course, I want to do it. I don't feel adequate. I feel like I haven't been good at this at all. But okay, Lord. Is anybody else just going to say okay? Just say okay, Lord. Labors are few. In the book of Nehemiah, you don't have to go there, but in chapter 4, it says that the people had a mind to work. Paul said to Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. Pastor Jack taught on work this Sunday. To go do work, you have to actually get up and make a decision. I got to go to work today. like, And then you actually have to put your boots on and go and do something. He said, if you just sit here in this house and beg for miracles, it's not going to happen. But if you will go outside these walls, you will be amazed at how easy the miracles come. I don't know about you, some of the most unimpressive people I've ever seen preach are some of the people who've seen the most miracles. I'll try and say that again. Some of the most unimpressive preachers I've ever heard were the ones with the most miracles. Because God uses whoever's going to go. See, it's one thing to stand up here with a gift to preach and preach. Any preachers know that? I can do this because I'm this this is this you're when the grace is there you just do it. But God is going to touch the sinner through whoever's going to go talk to the sinner. Whether it's somebody who's charismatic or not charismatic. Is anybody going to hear me? Just say, okay, Lord. See, the OKs are getting a little less. All righty, here we go. So this word, so Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful, labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. So let's look at this word, to send out. The word send out in the Greek is ekbalo. Next slide. Ekbalo. Hallelujah. And I put a whole bunch of things up there. It's actually the same word as when, when, you, when, G, when it would say that Jesus cast out a devil. I don't know if you've ever seen a devil manifested. They don't just leave when you say, oh, excuse me, devil. We don't really want you here. Can you please leave? They don't just go. They have to be... Cast out. So this word, God, I pray that you would ekbalo labors, is more than just God, please send people. He's trying to thrust people out into his harvest field, and there's even a violent notion to it. Not violent like it's going to hurt, but violent like there's a thrust. And... uh, You can can read some of these, to expel, to compel one to depart, sternly, though not with violent language, so employed that the, well, to draw out with force, with implication of force overcoming opposite force. Go read it. God, you want to know what that means? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is the guy in here than the guy out here where I have inhibitions and fears, God is going to work until this thing comes out. Wow. Amen. If you just say, okay. If you just say, okay. okay. So, I, have a, so I, I was in the bathroom back there yesterday, and I said, God, you know, show me a biblical image of this. And right away, this is what I thought of. <laughs> Jonah got ekbaloed out. Now, when he refused to obey, he spent all his money, probably the money that he's supposed to use to go to Nineveh, spends it to try and go across the world in the completely other way, ends up on a ship, goes and hides in the bottom when he he knows, man, there's trouble and I feel really stupid right now and, and then finally falls asleep down there. They come find him. They ask him, what should we do, you know? And he said, just kill me. I mean, just throw me. He didn't say, just let me off at the... God. He didn't say, just let me off at the next port and I'll obey God and get back. He said, just kill me. Just, just throw me overboard. Let me die. Isn't it amazing? You'd rather die than obey God? So God was merciful and had this fish ready, and it was not comfortable. But it was salvation. It was mercy. Amen? And when he was ready, whew, anyways, I thought that was just humorous. That's why I'm showing that to you. <clears throat> but God is wanting to thrust out laborers into his harvest. Amen? Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Let's be tactical. Let's be tactical. He said to Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. How does God do things? God is not I don't want to use a mean word but he's not foolish. You know, if somebody's going to prosper in business they don't just say oh, let's just try something. You don't just try something And then become Apple or Amazon or you got to be strategic. So how does God do things? Let's go to the next slide. God is going to work through, number one, through you. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. God wants to work through you. Paul said that his his, his, his whole calling was to try and get us to understand that Christ is now in you. The, is anybody listening? The hope of glory. I mean, the world is dependent on you manifesting. I'll say it again. The world is needing you to manifest. You are the hope of glory. Like, Jesus is like, oh, Lord God, are you sure, Father? They're not, you know, okay, we're putting our hope in this. I'm joking. He, his hope is in Stephen. His hope is in Jessica. But of course, not just Jessica. Christ in Jessica. Is Christ in you? Yes, Christ is in you. Say, Christ is in me. So God wants to work through you. He doesn't want to just work through the platform ministry. He want, because, see, we're here, but tomorrow Ms. Gloria is going to be working with other people. Tomorrow, Pastor Jack C. is going to walk out on the street and maybe go to the store, be around somebody else. Tomorrow, you're going to encounter other people that, that were not here to hear this. Amen? So, God wants to work through you. All right, I'll keep moving because I got to get to stuff. And within your sphere of influence, you have influence somewhere, and that's powerful. It's not only in here, people up here, that have power to touch lives. You at your job. See, they don't know me. They may never meet me, Pastor Jack. See, they might not ever meet any other Christian but you. You have authority somewhere to be a blessing to somebody. And... I want to just set you free and, and, and authorize you to be a blessing wherever you are. Amen? Then he's going to work through the body. He's going to work through the church, and this is important, and within the sphere of its influence because Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, uh, Paul said that he never went outside of his boundaries. By the Holy Spirit, he knew exactly his spiritual domain. This is powerful stuff. Just say, I trust you, God. I'm listening. So he's going to work through you as an individual, and we want to bless you to go out and be a blessing in your sphere of influence. But I also want to encourage you that he's trying to do something through the body. And I would encourage you to be listening to your pastors and trying to I- engage with what God is wanting to do as a body and through the body. Amen? Amen. The local body is very very powerful there's there's power in numbers where I am weak you may be strong where you're weak I may be strong one will put a thousand a flight two will put 10,000 a flight that's not even normal math Amen If you're afraid to be a blessing on your own, then get in on the body. Just join the body. There's strength in the body. Praise God. So we're going to be tactical. We're going to, we want to empower you. We want people to be free. Be a blessing everywhere you go. And then I want to encourage us to, wherever the pastor here say, okay, we're going to do this, join in however you can, whether it's giving, whether it's praying, whether it's showing up, be a part of it. God is going to be in it. When you choose not to to, to participate, you're missing out. Probably God is encouraging you to do it. If you're housed here, he's telling you to, he's, he's, he's prompting you. Be a part of this somehow. Give, pray, or go. Do. Amen. Amen. The pastors are saying amen, so I, I'm not preaching heresy. And, and I'm trying to encourage you. Participate. Jump in. I said this on Sunday. God is doing big things. And you can watch Christian TV and pray that God would touch the world, or you can get in on it. Amen. You can a- applaud that all those other church. You can applaud all those other ministries doing something, or you can be a part of going and doing something. And I'm not telling you not to applaud them and be happy and pray, but God is doing something here. So let's get on it. Amen? This is how God does things. Hallelujah, praise God. And I'll just keep repeating myself. If you want to live a prophetic life, I'm telling you exactly how. There's somebody that knows how to prophesy and they're not even living a prophetic life. And then this other person that doesn't know the first thing about prophecy, but they just showed up and helped hand out a candy to a kid and they're walking in the prophetic because they're where God is. See, if you don't understand prophecy, then you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to help you. Amen? Somebody say amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, Lord. All righty. So, so this is equipping night. So I'm praying that every single person in here and, and under the sound of my voice that God is touching your life. It's not because of me or my personality. It's. We've prayed God is touching your life. God is giving you a heart for people. God is setting us free from fear and and inhibitions and selfishness and laziness and self-centeredness. And he's thrusting us out to be a part of something big. Amen? And now I want to kind of bring it in and just share a little bit about what we're doing as a body as the outreach arm of this house so here's our current strategy and this is exciting ah come on i gotta keep moving quick feet quick feet so i gotta move on this quick because i got ah lord have mercy see that's what i'm talking about i start preaching and then i forget i got a lot of other stuff to get to so here's our current strategy we have been in West Chase for 30 years. If you look at West Chase, it's South Gessner to West Houston Center Drive or whatever it's called, West Park to Westheimer. It's exact geographical boundaries. And if you look at the map, we're almost straight smack dab in the middle. God has a stronghold in the middle of the West Chase District in Houston, Texas that anybody at any time can come and they know it's a clean house. They know that somebody's going to believe with them to get that devil off their back. That they know that they can believe and be healed. That they can hook up and their marriage can be healed. Come on now, that's powerful. God has a stronghold here. So, Our current strategy is to own this district, to take ownership of where God has put us and given us domain, and to say, who is my neighbor? It's that guy right over there. Literally, it's that guy. I don't need to try and go to South Houston, to East Houston, to the Woodlands, to Egypt, to Mexico. I need to start right here where I can just meet them and say, hey, I love you, man. Hey, guess what? We're right there. You ever want to get saved? You want to start following Jesus? You need healing? You just need to meet somebody? We're right here. And then next week, I wave at them. I have a relationship now with my neighbor. Ah, Lord, I got to move because, oh, good. It's up there anyway. Good. Uh, so what are we going to do? So we're going to do outdoor meetings. We're going to kind of... Um, Start, I don't know the word, covering this area. Instead of just being random, we're going to say, okay, God, we're going to start right here. We're going to start with our neighbors. We're going to do outdoor meetings. Um, We're going to meet our neighbors. You know, this is not even, this is countercultural, if that's the right term. This doesn't even make sense anymore, but people don't even know their neighbors. We have neighbors, and this is, they, they tore down the wall between us, and at first we were like, Feel kind of naked over here, like they can see me walking out into my backyard. How weird does that feel? Should that really feel that weird? I don't know, but it felt weird for a long time. But then it was like, oh man, I see them, we're talking. And then one day, I come out, they're putting up poles. I'm like, oh. Oh, you're building that fence? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the whole plan right along, was get rid of the old fence. So now we got this big fence. We don't see them for months. Am I exaggerating? I don't even, I don't know how, but we do not see them. This is the, and we live in a very family, nice neighborhood. And we barely ever talk to our neighbors. That is not Heavenly. So we want to go ahead and just meet our neighbors. I don't need them to get saved if they don't want to get saved, but I want to meet them. See, that doesn't even sound right to some Christians, but I'm going to say it again. I don't even need them to get saved if they don't want to get saved. See, I'm going to go to my next slide in a minute. Don't worry. Do I want them to be saved? Sure. But they need to want it too. Otherwise, I'm functioning in some weird religious spirit. But I sure want to meet them. You want to know why? They're so cool. Did you not know that? People are amazing. Did you not know that? God loves people. Amen. He like love. He like, is infatuated with Stephen, like, oh, he has this burning desire to be around. Every single human being. And if we will just go out in that spirit, you're going to fall in love with people. Christian, non-Christian. Pretty, not pretty. Like you, not like you. You're just going to love people. If you'll just go meet them. So we're going to go meet them. Somebody say amen. And we're going to do, our outdoor meetings are going to be fun. They're going to be geared towards kids, which which draws the family. And then, what are you doing? You're letting people know who you are. You're touching lives. You're preaching the gospel. You're being strategic. You're working as a team. You're blessing kids. Families are meeting you. They know where you are. That's called strategy. Praise God. I need somebody else. That's called strategy, and that's called powerful. Okay, come on. I only have four minutes. Seven minutes. Good. Now, in our meetings, we do something called do's and don'ts. And so let's look at some do's and don'ts on touching other people's lives. Here's some do's. And I don't have time to go in depth on each one. You see, almost everything I've said tonight, you could do a whole series on, but I'm just flying through some stuff. Number one, do be yourself. Who? You. Just be you. Me nor anybody else are asking you to be anybody else but you. You and the Christ in you is who is powerful. You are the person that that other person wants to meet. They don't want to meet a fake version of you. They want to meet you. Uh, Ms. Jean I think it would be okay that she share, I share this testimony. But we shared this very simple thing with our team. And she, just, she came back from Mexico so excited. There was something about that simple statement that just set her free. Because as Christians, we get these ideas. Oh, I got to be like Mario Murillo. I got to be like Ivan Tate. I got to be like Billy Graham. I got to be like this person and like this person. And I'm not good enough. And that's a lie. You need to be you. Please don't try to be Billy Graham please be you. All righty. Do allow others to be themselves. I think that one of the things that turns non-Christians off the most is that Christians have a tendency not to, n- to be afraid of people and not just let people be themselves. I mean, if you're a sinner, let's not lie about it. I heard a, huh, that's it, but that's okay. See, I'll write this down. You don't want people to pretend with you. Because if they're pretending to be something, then they're actually lying. And it's counterproductive. We're trying to get to the truth. We're not trying to build lies. So I'm over here pretending to be, trying to be Billy Graham... And I'm, and I'm afraid, so I'm going to make sure that I only hope that you're going to be a person that you're not, because I don't want to have to deal with the real you. There's nothing happening. Just a religious, weird, uncomfortable thing on both ends. That guy's like, I don't want to be around Christians again. And you're like, I don't want to ever try and approach somebody again. That was not fun. So you be you. And let them be them. Did you know that Jesus loves sinners? You know that he never forced Zacchaeus to be anybody else. And, that, and yet somehow that thing, that grace, miraculously, Zacchaeus was transformed right in front of his faith. And Jesus didn't try and force anything on him. When he met the woman at the well, he did not try and force her to lie to him and pretend to be anything. He just was him and he let her be her. And then he's just watching for the prophetic opportunity to be a blessing to her. Yeah. See, anything else is weird. And I'm getting into my don'ts and I won't have time anyway, so it's all right. Anything else is trying to manipulate people and they just, they'll agree with you. Pray with you and then get out of there. Never want to see you again because that was not fun. So you be you. Let them be them. I'm just going to fly through these uh, because it's just, it is what it is. Do develop a life of fullness. Be happy. Be free. That's one of the best testimonies in the world is seeing somebody that's just happy and free. I wish I had time to preach on it, but get full. Live a life that's full. Be happy. It's so important. Amen? This is good. Do be led. Romans chapter 8 says that they that are the sons of God, uh, they that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Be led. God's probably not leading you to to just always say the exact same thing. Be a led person. And then this is a, amazing. It sounds contradictory, but it says, do be a follower. Follow the leader. <laughs> I'm trying. We're saying, go out and be a blessing on your own. But then learn also to just follow. When we're doing team stuff, just come and just be a part of it. And God will touch your life through that. My, my wife's giving me my eye, some eyes, so I'm going to move along. Do desire to prophesy. Oh, that's the one that I don't want to mix people up in. But (laughs) the Bible says covet to prophesy. And prophecy is not weird. And that'll be on the don'ts. I'm gonna just mention it. Don't be weird. Look at the don'ts really quick, and we'll come back to the do's. Don't be weird, don't be religious, don't try to be too spiritual. See, so when I say do covet prophecy, don't go around being weird. Uh, how do I say this without being wrong? Don't go around trying to be Pentecostal. Just be you. Just be a normal person that has the Spirit of God. Does anybody else ever think like I wonder, Did Jesus really look like some of these other people that we? <laughs> careful, careful. Jesus was normal in a good in a, in a, just a in the sense that he was just him, and yet he perfectly flowed in, in the prophetic and all the gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts don't have to be weird, and, and people out in the world don't want to be weirded out. But you can minister a word to them. You don't have to say it's a word of knowledge. You don't have to say, this is prophetic. I, I can feel it in the air. Um, but you can just, just say something. You don't. And it just set them free. Uh, don't function out of compulsion. That goes back to living a free life, a happy life. Don't, we're not trying to put any kind of compulsion on anybody. Don't argue. Don't reason with people. Let's go back to the do's really quick. Do desire to prophesy. Um, we don't have time to get in on it, but <clears throat> do utilize prayer. This is good. As a way to, of contact. Do have meaningful interaction. Do treat people like they're people. If I can just finish in two minutes. One minute. (laughs) Um, You know how easy it is to pray for people? This easy. Watch. Oh, can I pray for that? Oh, in Jesus' name, God. I don't even know how to pray, but help this person in Jesus' name. Amen. He said just lay hands on people. He didn't give any other instructions. Praying for people is so easy. It is the easiest thing. It is the easiest open door if you're intimidated about trying to preach the roman road to them then don't worry about the roman road and just watch for an opportunity to love them just be you just be happy just be full of god and if they need prayer and you have any unction just hey would it be okay if i pray for that right now okay great in jesus name and uh and people appreciate, I mean, they want to, that, that, that stuff touches lives. Do have meaningful interaction. This is just a, my last interesting thing. You know, a couple years ago, I think last year, the, the originator of Facebook said, we got to rewrite all the algorithm of Facebook. We want people to have meaningful interactions. When we, we need to love people. We need to actually just want to meet them. I don't want to win you to the Lord so that I can feel good and think that I'm a good Christian. I just want to love you. And as I love you, probably you're going to get one because you're going to see Jesus when I'm just loving you. So I don't want to just go out there and try and do it because it's our strategy. I literally just want to go meet somebody. And when they don't feel like I have some weird religious agenda, they're gonna be much more comfortable, much more open, much more appreciative. And, and they won't feel like that was weird and all that. They'll just feel like, I met a, I'm a person, I met another person, they seem to have something in them. And then they prayed and something did happen. That was uh, interesting. And then they go out and tell somebody else, that guy prayed for me and I got healed like I don't know but I'm just telling you what I know